I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Hannah Blount started her creative story with a robin's egg. This became a precious item during her childhood growing up in Nantucket. The world surrounding her informed what's becoming her staple work. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Hannah. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited. Well, I'm very excited. You know, um, before we start the conversation, I met you 10 years ago, maybe? I feel like it's been longer, but also, yeah, it feels like it's been longer. Yeah, it, but it's, yeah it's around 10 years ago uh, at a show called Core. Yeah, and I love I I loved your work before I I've saw it online and I follow you, um, you before and I it was really nice seeing I was I didn't know that you were in that show so it was really nice to see you in the show and I remembered you were looking at me like who is this person <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I bully you and to be my friend I I would say that uh, there was no bullying <laughs> that got me to be your friend I am actually really grateful to have you as a friend oh. um, I Same. definitely uh, yeah count my lucky stars oh. But um, I definitely, I think you, I remember thinking that I loved your glasses and I liked your, your jewelry was really unusual and you were very different from what I was expecting some like, you know, blogger to be. You were like very down to earth and you had really unique style and I, I loved it. Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> you do. You have very unique style. And and your jewelry, I mean, everything you post on A Thousand Facets is just, it's all very different, which, you know, and my husband and I always talk about it whenever your post comes up. We're always Aww. just like, oh, did you see this? Like, how does she find this? <laughs> um, you just have, you find people and they're not necessarily big names, but they have really big ideas and big stories and really unique voices. So I'm grateful that you feel that way about mine oh thank you of course you know and that's the thing is like I I feel that you have your own voice like when I see your work I can I know that it's yours um you have a sensitivity and sensibility that not a lot of people have and you can see it in your work it's very raw and it's very out there and like I can feel that I know you by looking at your work thank you I feel that way you know I always uh, struggle with words and like how to explain myself. Um, like when I did my thesis in college, it was all the, the waiting collection. It was all branches and eggs. And I was making all these pieces and I did not understand what they meant until I had to put words to them. And I realized that my language really is in the visual and, and the physical rather than in words. And so, um, I can't remember where I was going with that, except that, uh, (laughs) I, I definitely feel like I put my story out in the work. Um, that's how I sort of express myself. And it, it feels very authentic. It feels very me. And so when people react to it and and uh, and like it, I feel like it's it's a compliment to me personally. Well, they, they get you, which yeah. is the important thing. Yeah, and, and not everyone does, and that's fine. No, but I, I think that that's, you know, I, again, I am not the best 
the most eloquent person out there. <laughs> so for me to, I really connect with you on that because sometimes it's really hard for me to express myself, but I see people's work and I yeah. just... I, and you're, you're drawn to it. Exactly. And maybe you don't know why, but there's something there. Exactly. And I burst there's, with There's a story there. Yeah. Exactly. So let's start... Um, with the beginning, where did you grow up? I grew up on Nantucket Island. Ooh, an yes. island girl. I am an island girl. <laughs> was. <laughs> well, I was on Manhattan for a little while, too. But. Yeah. No, but uh, so you told me a story that I really love about, and, and about your childhood and how you saw this egg. And I would oh, like yeah. to, if you can share it with us. Yeah, uh, the egg is my logo. Um, and it was one of the first pieces I ever made. And when I was really little, um, every spring, the we had robin's eggs in our trees, and uh, the, they would nest, and they would hatch, and the eggshells would fall to the ground. And so every spring, I would walk out in the grass and search for the robin's egg blue. And I think that's why it's my favorite color. But... Um, I just, I thought they were so beautiful and so precious. Before I was influenced by the rest of the world, before I knew what money was, before I knew what value was, this was like the most precious thing and I would collect them. And um, I think that it is really an authentic, uh, an authentic beauty and, and relationship that I have with that as, as a beautiful object and a precious object because it was like, it was before um, anyone else told me what value was. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that Mother Nature is the best designer. It I will listen. really, really is. Yeah. And that was what my whole collection, the waiting collection was about was that like, we can do all these fancy things, but like the composition of a, of a tree branch and the comp and just the, the shape of an egg is extremely complex, even though it's so simple. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, very inspirational. Well, I, I, it's, it's one of the stories that I've always thought of. When I think of you, I always think of the egg. I, every time I see an egg, I, I think of you. Yeah. And it, it's just like something that it has stayed in my mind for well, all these years. Oh, good. Do you have a first memory of jewelry? Um, I mean, I have a lot of first memories of jewelry. I think what... Uh, very big influential uh, part of my life was my great aunt, Ruth, who I was named after. My middle name is Ruth. And um, I wasn't very close with my grandmother on that side of the family, but my great aunt Ruth, um, she was a widow and she didn't have any children. And so she sort of adopted me and my brother as her grandchildren. And so I would go visit her. That was like my vacation. We would eat Pringles and watch Law and & Order. And, where was she um, located? She was in North Dartmouth, which is uh, where I actually ended up going to to college. Um, but she would just pamper me in ways that like, you know, we, we didn't get pamper. I was one of seven kids. Like we didn't get our own <laughs> box of Pringles. We got like one Pringle yeah. uh, or none or no Pringles. But, um, she had this cameo ring, um, that was, it was just an antique, uh, shell cameo. And I loved it and I would always borrow it and wear it. And I think that's really what informed the cameo collection was that concept um, of the face. And it was just so poetic, even as like a little kid. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was, that was probably my first memory of jewelry. I love that. I think that that's 
That's so beautiful. Uh, so you can say that she basically informed your taste in jewelry in a, in a way, in a yeah. indirect way. Yeah, um, she was definitely the start. And she had a lot of jewelry that was costume and it wasn't, you know, really my taste. But there were two pieces that were and it was the cameo and it was her engagement ring, which was this little snowflake of diamonds. Yeah. And um, when she passed away, my cousin, who was the executive of the will, she was she came, she came to me and was just like you need to have these two pieces i know how important oh. they were for you and i was really grateful that uh that she was willing to give me those pieces That's so beautiful. i have them so you have you're one of seven kids what I'm number, number are you i'm number six. <laughs> oh my so God. i was the baby until it wasn't cool to be the baby anymore and then my little sister was born and then she was the baby and i was like one of the grown-ups <laughs> how how Like, what's the age gap between... It's 17 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, between the oldest and the youngest. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but the biggest gap is between me and my little sister. It's five and a half. Oh, wow, that's a big gap. So what's, what was it like to grow up with so many siblings? It was really busy and chaotic <laughs> and loud, and, and you had no personal space. And, you know, I don't think I had my own room until I was, like, a senior in high school. Oh, wow. Um, but it was also... I mean, I loved it. It was great. You had constant companionship yeah I think that's you know and then we were, we're all kind of introverts so I think everyone kind of needed to find their own little space to be alone and I think that's where I was making jewelry from a very young age I think that was my my like zen space where I could just be alone in my head and and make jewelry so how old were you when you started making jewelry I think I was six really yeah so when I was six I think it was my sixth birthday uh someone gifted me this little craft book um for beading jewelry mm -hmm. and yeah I just sat there for hours every day just oh. twisted wire and they were all hideous and my sisters still wear them you, so you, they still you, you have, still have some pieces yeah. oh much yeah. to my chagrin I've like replaced those earrings three times four times ten times over and they still cherish those pieces oh that's that's beautiful but it means a lot and that's the thing about jewelry it's like it's not about the price or yeah or it's the meaning Yes. It's not about how valuable it is. It's, it's for how valuable it is for the person. Yeah. You know? and, and you can see that a lot in heirloom jewelry, too. That it's, like, it's not the value of the, the stone. It's, not the, it's the memory and the, the emotional connection to the piece. Oh, yes. For, for sure. Like, and that's the, the thing that really draws me to jewelry, just seeing that, that. It's something that can be passed down. It can live longer than just you know, a season. Exactly. And then it just tells us, tells so many stories in one place. Mm -hmm. Um, so you go through your beating phase, like most of us have <laughs> experienced that, you know, in a way. Yeah, 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 definitely. I just never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, um, when you went to high school and you, you, you told me actually that you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled. That's why I'm so weird. <laughs> You're not weird. You're beautiful and wonderful. Weird. <laughs> But I mean, all my favorite people are weird. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're weird. Joined, yeah. Uh, and in I, a good way. I, I wear as a badge of honor. Yes. I'd rather as you be should. Weird. I'd rather be weird than just a basic person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so when you go to high school, like what kind of jewelry were you making during that time? Um, you know, do you remember Tin Cup? 
Yes. Do you remember the tin cup necklace? Yes. <laughs> I made so, I'm so embarrassed. I made so many of those necklaces and would give them to all my friends and even some people who I just wanted to be my friends. I'd be like, here's a necklace. And it wasn't necessarily pearls. It would be like Swarovski crystals or something. I mean, it was not great. Um, that was probably more my freshman year. And then I actually took some metalsmithing courses um, when I was in high school and there was a, a jewelry program there which I'm very lucky and I had a teacher who just sort of made it happen um yeah and I was you're only supposed to take the class like once or twice and I think I took it like four times (laughs) um and you know I was a really good I was a decent student so the uh you know everyone was just making they were like yeah we can just make you can just take the class again it's fine um but then I you know and then I started working for a goldsmith and I was doing you know everything from carving like they had a lot of scrimshaw pieces and I would like carve them so that they fit in this basket and they would string pearls and I'd like polish the uh the clasp so that was a big that was a big part of my journey into the finishing part of jewelry and just having the eye for finishing which is definitely a learned skill yeah and and that's the thing is like not a lot of people understand what it is to finish a good like have a good finish in the the pieces of jewelry and I I definitely think that's probably my favorite part of the jewelry is just putting that final like making there are so many ways that you can sort of fix a piece and um it and it it doesn't have to be like the traditional polish it can be something totally different it can be a hammered finish it can be a raw finish but there is like a poetry to how you finish the piece that's that's sort of a signature oh i love that and this and and i i feel like a lot of people that don't understand jewelry are just like oh it's polished and that's it yeah but i i also feel like people can see it they just don't know what they're seeing yeah so you know i remember someone once telling me that a really um uh, a really well curated collection people will come in and they will see that it looks good, but they won't understand why. They'll just see that it looks good. And so that's my goal with my work is that they might not know all of the thought of like why I put that prong there and why it's, you know, a little off center, why this one is facing or this stone is sideways instead of it. But they, but they like it. Yeah. Hopefully. And Um, and, but, but that's the thing is, is that, that language that you're sharing with the, with the audience right you know that's that's my language is definitely the the visual so yeah I love that um so you graduated from high school went to college I went to UMass Dartmouth where they had a metalsmith a very small metalsmithing program which actually sadly just closed oh no um but I yeah I had I loved it I mean it was in so uh the school was in UMass Dartmouth but the art department uh not the whole art the artisanry department was in the star store in downtown new bedford and so i would just drive to new bedford early in the morning and stay there until it closed and then i would basically get kicked out by the security guard who (laughs) became sort of friends with me he and i would like make sure everything was shut down properly because it was like my ocd was coming out and um and then I would go home at like two in the morning and start my homework for my other classes. I just like, I could not get myself out of the studio. I loved it. And I saw it as such a learning experience and a lot of grads, there were also, there's a grad program there and there are a lot of grad students and they sort of adopted me too because I was there as much as they were. 
And so they would teach me how to use the, the machines if I was nervous. And, you know, I, I'm really grateful. I think I learned as much from the grad students as I did from the teachers. That's great. So what kind of courses did they have usually? Like, um, is it more contemporary work or it was more? No, really? that's what I really liked about the program is we didn't learn anything about CAD or anything about computers at all. It was casting. It was stone setting. It was carving wax. Um, it was forming. Um planishing, soldering, you know, all, all, everything from sawing the basics and, and soldering to like representing, chasing. Um, so it was very much traditional and metal smithing. Very hands on. Very hands on. And it's funny because people think it's such a focused uh, focus. It's actually not. We, we really just touched on the basics. Really? And didn't even really have time to... Uh, become an expert on it we really just had time to learn the skill and then it was kind of up to us to go and and become an expert on it in our own time interesting very interesting and there's just so i mean it's such an old uh craft and 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 the the interesting thing is that there's so many techniques that have been passed through thousands of years that are still the same yes and that's what i love about jewelry in a way that it's just like there's still all this old techniques that are still completely useful and completely perfectly to to do and like you keep passing them through generations and there's some that have died which just breaks my heart yeah but i i I think that's fabulous that they still teaching that that way yeah i was i was really happy to uh to have that skill set did they teach you a little bit about the business part of it as well not a lot and i i think that was where i wish I had taken maybe some business courses. For me, it was really more about the craft and if you build it, they will come. And that's just not the best attitude when it comes to the business. Um, I d- there was a class that just sort of broke down the different directions we could go in, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to shows, you could work for someone else, you could, you know, start a production company, you could be in galleries, you could be in wholesale shows. It, um, you could be making jewelry for the stars. You can be making jewelry for mm-hmm. uh, craft collectors. And so I think that was a really interesting course, um, which was, it was really more just conversational about the and future. Kind of like an overview. Yeah, like very broad. Yeah. But it wasn't really business. But it, it did sort of, I remember everyone was like, I want to be an artist gal- like in galleries. And I was like, I want to make art jewelry for everyone. Yeah. And I felt a little bit, ashamed about that because it felt so like commercial commercial and my teacher was just like it doesn't have to be Mm -mm. you know it it can be jewelry for for everyone or for people it doesn't have to be manufactured in a factory you know it can be still very intimate jewelry that that is um more accessible yeah more accessible yeah and 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 i think that that's the important part that is like you're you're showing your voice, your art, but it's something that there's like a piece for everybody. Yeah, you know, you have your the people that love pearls, you like the people that love gemstones, you like people. You have people that love metal, and you have a little bit for everybody. But at the same time, it's very special, and it's it's one of a kind. Some of the pieces, a lot of the which, pieces are which one is of a kind, yeah, really really important. And so the person that is gonna wear it feels that you know, like I have this piece that nobody else has. So you have your which I found it really interesting because n- not that many artists have that balance. And I feel oh, like thanks. you do have it. 
Thank you. Well, and I, I like the idea of making pieces that are sort of starter pieces, mm-hmm. like the gray ladies. Those mm-hmm. are pieces that people will start and then they'll get another one and they'll collect it and, and start building um, a stack or yeah. something like that. I really want to touch into the great okay. ladies at some point for sure, because it's on my list of things that I want to talk to you about. But like, let's go back to um, your graduation project. Like, what do you, what was your focus on? So my focus, my thesis was on, uh, was my waiting collection, which is, was my first collection once I graduated and it was the branches and the eggs. Mm-hmm. And, um, it took me a little, like I said, I was like, I was making all of these pieces and I, I was like there, everything was so, it was like the road was mapped out in front of me and I just, I knew exactly what I was going to do for each piece, but I didn't really understand why until mm-hmm. I had to write a thesis and I actually can't find it anywhere. But because it was the hardest thing I had to do that year was just write about it because and name the pieces because I knew that I was doing everything for a reason. I just didn't know what that reason was. But it's called waiting because um, it was really about the the uh, juxtaposition of branches and eggs, like barren branches and eggs. So barren branches, you kind of think of winter, you think of, of death, you think of them being really dry and, and these dead brambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and eggs, you you think of as life, and their life is coming, and and um, but they're both harboring life inside them, and they're both just waiting for the rain. Oh, I love that. So they're waiting for the spring when the trees are going to bloom and the eggs are going to hatch. And so, even though one kind of represents totally different things in their hibernation, they really are very similar. Oh my god, that's so beautiful! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like about to cry. It's like so beautiful. See, see, you can explain it beautifully there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, it you know, and it can be sound a little cheesy too. I was you know 20, but or no, 21, but, but um, but it's it's really beautiful and it really like that meaning. Like I've never thought about it. So now you're like. Oh, I'm I'm thinking it in the, in that way. So now I'm definitely gonna see branches in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Even like driving down the highway and it's the winter and it looks kind of sad, but they're just they're just waiting. They're just waiting. They're patiently waiting. And yeah. I don't know if I ever showed you the collection, but I have a lo- I had a lot of like eggs with um, branches breaking out of them instead of chicks and. Um, oh, well, definitely. I really want to see that. I think I've seen some I of the pieces. Yeah, I think I've seen some of the pieces, but we're definitely going to show them uh, and we're going to share okay. those pictures <laughs> because we, I know that the persons that are, people that are listening to the podcast are going to want to see them. Okay. Because I, I think, have pictures somewhere. <laughs> yes, you're going to have to dig them out. <laughs> so once you graduated, like how the, the collection was received and your thesis? Um. Oh, it was my thesis. Yeah, um, it was good. It, you know, I think my my I was I did very well, and yeah, you graduated. I graduated. <laughs> so after you graduated, what was your your journey? My journey to- was so I worked for a jeweler for a little. I worked for a few jewelers. Um, Bench. Bench jeweler. Yep, mm-hmm. and even some um, working in retail, and then. Eventually, I ended up moving to Boston, and I wanted a job that, um, and, and while I was doing that, I was like, you know, I saved up my money and got a torch, and then I got a bench, and, you know, I was living at home, and and um, 
just trying to build the collections. I knew that I wanted to do production for the the waiting collection, mm-hmm. but I didn't have, you know, all of the pieces for the thesis were one of a kind. So mm-hmm. I was sort of like taking that inspiration and then making wearable pieces out of it because yeah. they weren't really wearable. Um, and then, but while I was doing that, I was working, you know, full time. And then I moved to Boston and I really wanted a job where I could work there all day, but it wasn't jewelry. So I could still go home and, and sort of turn my jewelry brain on yeah. and not be exhausted. So what do you do? I just worked retail. Oh, really? A little dress shop. And it was really fun. And I learned a lot about business. Um, well, not a lot, but, you know, I, I saw how helped. they were running the business. Yeah. And it was it was really interesting um, because they were they were very creative buyers, but they were very smart. Mm. And, and I really liked that. And so I worked there and then I sort of cut my hours down a little bit at a time. And I, I still remember I was working at this dress shop and... and Working there was taking away from my jewelry time, and I was, you know, really frustrated that I was working. So I was like, I have all these emails, and I have to make this piece for this person. And then I, I called my mom, and I was like, you know, venting about it. And I was like, Do I, do I make this jump? Do I just quit my job? And um, she said, You know, Hannah, sometimes you just have to jump in, swim as hard as you can, and not look back. Mm. And I was like, Okay. And I got off the phone and I called my bosses and I said, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. And they said, we knew that was going to happen. And good luck. So and I've been... How long ago was that? Oh, gosh. I can't remember. <laughs> like eight years? No, 10. I think I was... It must be more than 10 years because I think I was full-time jewelry when I met you. Yeah. So probably 12 years oh, ago. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't... I can't... I don't... What is time? I know. Time is... It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been 11 or or probably 11 years ago. Oh my god, ago, so I met you ago. just like at your I was a baby. You were a baby. I was just starting out. Oh. Yeah. Oh, beautiful Hannah. <laughs> so, um, let's go back to the ladies. Okay. How how did the ladies came to your life? Well, so I know I touched on the whole concept of cameos mm-hmm. and and how I just always loved the the female face and the female form. Um, and I also love Art Nouveau jewelry and, and the way women are depicted in that. Um, and so what I loved, and I, and I love, like, even if you look around in my house, you'll see, like, faces and hands and noses and, and sort of eyes and little interesting collections that I have. But um, I... I think what I love about the, or what inspired the gray ladies was this concept of sort of the unity of women and femininity and and feminism and just having this form that you can wear and it sort of connects you with, with all of womankind. And it's, she's very peaceful. And, um, so she's really about unifying and, um, and she's a very calming presence, very motherly. Um, so, um, I think, I think that's, uh, sort of the, the general inspiration for cameo. Yeah, no, she she's a beauty. I I have I own one of your ladies and yes. I love her and I stack them with like she's very stackable. She's yes. very stackable. <laughs> she's she's great to stack. So I really, really love that. And um so you started with your waiting collection and then you have your ladies and like how you started creating all your different collections because you have everything is divided. It is. It is. That's that's very um, perceptive of you. Yeah. Um, it's almost like I have different parts of my personality and different parts of my brain, mm-hmm. and 
it's the way that I can sort of compartmentalize all of my inspirations just to separate all of the collections, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of overlap too. Yeah. So, um, you know, but there are certain collections that don't mix. Which which one is on its own? Well, the, the Scrimshaw? Scrimshaw is on its own. Like, yeah. I don't do prongs with Scrimshaw. I think yeah. it would be too busy. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do... Really, Scrimshaw is on its own. I yeah. wouldn't... Can you tell really... me a little bit about it? Because I love your Scrimshaw collection. I love yeah. that you, you have your mermaids and your skulls and your memento moris and yeah. eyes. So it's like, I, I really love the way that you depict something that, for me... Like it, like it has such a historical uh, feel to it, but at the same time, you were bringing it more to the 21st century. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Definitely. So scrimshaw is the art of basically tattooing gemstones. So you scratch into the surface with a scribe or a sharp implement, and then you fill it with ink, and then you polish it. So all that's left is, is the ink in the little crevices that you made. And... Um, it dates back to whalers of, I think, like 1880, mm -hmm. late 1800s. Mm -hmm. And they were basically, when you're whaling, you have a lot of free time. You're either working 24 hours a day or you're sitting on a boat yeah. doing nothing. And so this was kind of a way for them to wait out their quiet time. And they would take whalebone and whale ivory and soot from the oil lamps and um, whatever sharp tool they could find, and they would just carve these illustrations. And oftentimes they were valentines for um, the people, their sweethearts. their sweethearts back at home or their partners. And um, there were really some beautiful renderings. And of course, there's a lot of controversy because they were on ivory, which at the time probably wasn't a controversy, but you know, obviously now it is. And I don't use any ivory or anything like that. I use shells and turquoise um, and verisite and basically any really soft stone that I can carve. But um, I loved the idea of being, because I, I love, there are so many motifs that I'm attracted to. And I love the idea of taking those motifs and kind of creating like a, a 2D piece of art that's wearable mm -hmm. and also has craft and history that's sort of woven into it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, as for the different pieces that I scrimshaw, um, you know, the mermaids are all, I call them my nude studies. And, um, cause I just, I love mermaids and I also love the idea of, um, of just showing women yeah. in their natural form yeah. as mermaids. One of the things that, and I should have touched that before is that your dad is a fisherman. Oh yes. So, you know, like, I feel like you have a lot of connections with water. Yes. So, and you can I see it in your work on the water um, and the ocean, and I think the ocean is my happy place. It's just um, I love the idea of salt water. I feel like it has healing properties, um, and there's something about the vastness of oceans that is very humbling to yeah. be around. And oh, I, yes. I feel the same way about mountains too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I definitely think when you're by an ocean, it just sort of reminds you that you are one person in this vast universe mm -hmm. and your problems aren't as big as you think they are. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, and then you can see it in your work. You can see that inspiration of the water and the ocean and like the mermaids are one of them but you also yeah. have the um, barnacles and yes my ruthie b collection yeah so what is can you tell me about the ruthie b yeah the ruthie b collection uh it was named after my mother mm -hmm. 
Um, well, it was named after my dad's fishing boat, which was named after my mother. Oh. My dad built um, his 77-foot fishing trawler. Oh, wow. Um, in about 40, 40, 45 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and he named it after my mom, and he would go out fishing, and he'd be gone for weeks at a time, and then he would come back, and he'd have his big fishing uh, we always knew when he was back because we would hear him stomping up the steps with his big, huge boots and, you know, trying to get all the mud off of them. And we just had, you know, our yard, you could tell we were a fishing family because there were just like nets everywhere and there's a skiff and there were buoys and there were lobster traps and, and all of these random things. And there were barnacles all over everything. And oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so you, so you studied them for that sure. That was kind of my... Like uh, that was just my home, yeah. Home, you know, visual. That was what my home was. But so, so you're bringing a little bit of that home to your work. Yeah, it's really that whole collection is about nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have spent a lot of time on the ocean, even if they live in a landlocked state or country or area. Um, everyone sort of has some kind of a connection to water, whether it's a lake or an ocean. And a lot of times that was where people would vacation to or travel to or visit. And that definitely has a lot of uh, memories that are mirrored there. I love that. Water is is definitely, water features is definitely a waterfall. Like that's like my favorite. That's where I I feel more uh, in touch with the world. It's just seeing the water just like flowing. and And it's just so beautiful. Yes. And it's not perfect. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. And, you know, and that whole collection, I still remember when I created it, um, I decided, it was one of my first collections, I decided I wanted to do a nautical collection. And everyone who I knew said, oh, okay, well. You're going to do anchors. A nautical (laughs) collection. You're going to do like some shiny shells and and an anchor. Yeah. And they all said, oh, okay, well, I'm sure you'll do a great job, but um, it's not going to be for me. Mm. And I remember hearing that and saying, challenge accepted. And so I really wanted, I really felt like, and especially having grown up on Nantucket and working retail and different jobs there, I was seeing a lot of nautical jewelry, but it it wasn't, it didn't really show the authentic ocean. It really, it wasn't the ocean. It was like some polished iteration of something that probably didn't even grow in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, And so I really wanted to create a collection for people who had really spent time on the ocean and studied the ocean and collected objects from the ocean and had this connection there. And I definitely think that people, people could sense that when I first made it, that they, they were like, this is, this is what being by the ocean really means. And that was, that was my goal was to really create an authentic uh, nautical collection. The article can become so like, campy and cheesy and, and definitely you know, and touristy yep and and the way that you created it it's like chic and so like beautiful and you know like even the way that you have this the pearls with the barnacles in like all in it, in it like they're they just feel like the the barnacles are growing from the pearl yeah. on the pearls and it's just so beautiful thank you you know it's like you can tell that you really understand the way that the ocean uh reacts like things Thanks. in the, the life the the life reacts in the ocean thank you well i i love the ocean and i love 
um, I love, yeah, I love the, the connection that people have. So it's, it's sort of dual. It's, it's both the ocean and also what we remember the ocean as. Yeah, I love that. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your vanity series? My vanity series. Uh, that's my collection of gemstones. Which is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's one of my favorites to make. <laughs> Uh, there's something very satisfying about pushing all the prongs down and sort of putting the final touch at the finishing on it. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing it. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I remember seeing them, like just like seeing those knife edge prongs with the beautiful inclusions in the gemstones. Like I, I feel like you and I have like a very similar affection for gemstones with inclusions. Yes. And I think it's like one of the things that I'm really like, like I, I like your work really spoke to me because it's like you I feel like you understand me <laughs> by picking the gemstones that you pick well thank you um and I feel the same way about you <laughs> when you're drawn to them mm -hmm. I I kind of see you know gemstones if you want to get a flawless diamond or you want to get a flawless emerald the other flawless emerald and flawless diamond is going to look exactly, exactly. the same yes. and so when I and I like to hand pick Because some of the inclusions don't work, and then some of them really do, mm -hmm. and they it really adds interest and almost pattern to the stone and depth because it's not just at the surface; it's like going all the way through, yeah. and it looks different at every layer, and it it really makes the stone, in my opinion, it really makes the stone unique and one of a kind. Yeah, and I think people are are like that, and I know that's cheesy, but like humans aren't perfect, and yeah. why can't we just celebrate what makes us weird and different instead of? Of trying to make us all flawless. Yes, I, I completely agree. I, I think that, you know, and like there's certain gemstones that you actually pick that have like a little rainbow on it. Mm -hmm. and, and like you have a like such, pressure. yeah, you have such a beautiful like, like knowledge of the way that you pick gemstones. It's like so beautiful and it really, like really resonates with me. And once you set it up with like those beautiful um, nine F prongs, it's like, yeah. ah. Well, and the, and the prongs are, so the, the reason it's called vanity is because I grew up, um, I grew up very religious and we weren't supposed to be vain. That was like the, the, for women, that was like the big thing. You don't, you're not supposed to be vain. That was like the four letter word. Mm. And I always kind of wanted to be vain. Like I wanted <laughs> to feel pretty and I wanted to wear nice clothes and, and by nice clothes, I just mean like, you know, not like hand-me-downs. <laughs> and... I was kind of like, I kind of felt like I was misunderstood about it. And yeah. I, I remember when I created the vanity collection, the whole point of it was just to be like, actually, no, like let's embrace our vanity. Like yeah. as, as women, as humans, as men, who, let, like why not feel beautiful? Yeah. It's not about looking beautiful. It's about feeling powerful and feeling yeah. beautiful and feeling comfortable in your own skin and, um, and not being ashamed of it. Yeah. And so The prongs are, they're delicate and they're elegant and they're a little sharp and a little dangerous. Yeah. And that's kind of, that, that's on purpose. You yeah. know, they're, they're supposed to be a little dangerous. Like they're, they're beautiful and they're delicate, but don't mess with it. Exactly. You know? Oh, I love that. I love that yeah. So yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's kind of sad that people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't be there. And it's not about vain. Like I don't it, see. It's not about wanting to look good. No. It's about wanting to feel, feel good. good. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, like I was actually, um, this past week I was talking to, um, a friend and, and a new friend and she she said to me it's like you always look nice you always you, you look do actually so always look nice dress up and like nice and I, and I told her it's like why 
why like life is too short to just wear just basic clothing mm-hmm. it's like why am i gonna i'm like i don't care i will wear sequins to the grocery store i'm sure, okay with do that. it <laughs> you know and if you want to wear sweatpants to the grocery store that's fine too no, no. it is it is <laughs> no. it's all about what you feel powerful in no. but i also um i do think there is something really special about jewelry because yeah. it's against your skin and it's it's you know as it's cold and then you put it on and it warms up to the same temperature as your skin and it's touching your skin and it's usually in a very intimate place like a necklace that's against your chest or it's earrings that are you know right near your face that you touch or your hand they're on your hands which are doing things in your life and so there's something so intimate about jewelry and it's such a great way to show your personality and to, sh- to express yourself yes and, and and that's the thing it's like with jewelry you can just like create all these different combinations and, mm-hmm. and, and and the things that speak to you but they like they also have like i feel the energy of the artist the energy of yes. yourself like they just kind of mix together and it's just like everything like that you know as somebody said this that I'm like how did I never thought of it in a way that it was like everything that a a piece of jewelry that is like real metal and real gemstones everything comes from the earth Mm -hmm. and I'm like I never kind of thought about it this that way yeah this was like years ago though it was not it was not yesterday you know well (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you just never think about it in context in context yeah and and it just like you're wearing a little bit of the earth mm-hmm. mother nature mother nature but oh, also you're wearing like from also the energy of the person that yeah that made it sort of a blend of of mother nature and human artistry yeah and it is it, when you start like dissecting the the world of jewelry it's just so beautiful as long as it's like you know once it, like the handmade world of jewelry it's just like really puts so many energies in one place and that and same energy carries through absolutely and i know it sounds really woo woo but (laughs) i do feel like when i make something people will react based on how i was feeling when i made that piece yeah like i'll make something and i'm like you know what this no one knows this but they'll be like i'm i i feel really like fierce when i'm wearing this and i was like wow i was really pissed off when I made that piece, you know, <laughs> like, and, and I didn't mean to put that into the piece or, or I was really excited or I was really passionate and like people will see something and feel something. Yeah. And I, I really, it's not like I made that up. Like people tell me what, yeah. what something makes them feel when they wear it. And yeah. it's really cool to see how it parallels with either what I was intending for that piece or what I was feeling or what, or, you know, a, a stone that I saw that really grabbed my attention, like walking by it. I was just like, where, where is it? I saw something. I, I need to have that stone. And then someone else has the same reaction when they see the piece. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think the energy is, is really important. Yeah. That, that is absolutely beautiful. And, and I agree. I agree. It's just like, there's certain pieces that I see sometimes and I'm like, I have to have this. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, like they, they just, I react to them in such a way that I'm just like, I need, if I don't have this, I will be very, yeah, very upset. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just about the maker. 
maker's yeah. energy. It's about the wearer's energy too. And yeah. sort of, sort of starting with the maker's energy and then creating, like adding your own energy to it and creating yeah. your own story that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I, you know, we can talk about that. Forever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you used to do shows, like that's where I met you, but now mm -hmm. you're just basically just doing more like custom made, like you have your website. You can, yep. can you tell me a little bit about your decision to do so? Oof. Um, well, I was doing a lot more wholesale and, um, during COVID I had to downsize, um, and it was really just me making the jewelry. I used to have people helping me and it was a, you know, a tough decision to go that route, but it was really what made sense during COVID for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I realized like I, I had a really limited amount of time to make pieces and I was like, why? I had an, I, I guess I had enough people who are interested and um, customers to just sort of sell directly to them. I'm not sure if that's what you meant by that question, yeah. but um, you know, I miss seeing people. I miss the buyers because I really became friends with a lot of them. I miss, um, and I miss the shows because then I got to just hang out with all my friends. <laughs> but um, it's been really nice to just focus on the website and focus and, and also to go back and be the only, I'm basically the only one making jewelry. I have someone who helps me just sort of prep the pieces and then I assemble them. But I had gotten to a point where I wasn't making a lot of the jewelry and, um, you know, I was designing it and I had my hand in it, but I wasn't the, I wasn't making the bulk of the jewelry yeah. and I was doing a lot more of the management and I, realized during COVID it kind of gave me the space to step back into the role of being the creator and, yeah. and being the maker. And that, um, that's why I wanted to go into jewelry in the first place. And that was, that's my passion. That's my love. I, I, every second, I almost feel guilty when I'm on the bench cause I love it so much that, you know, and I lose track of time. Like I said, it's my Zen place. So sometimes, you know, eight hours will go by and all of a sudden it's dark out and I'm like, wait, what happened? Like what, what happened? <laughs> um, and it, I just, I love making jewelry. I love making, I, I wish I could do it all day, every day. And unfortunately I have to do other things like shipping and emailing and oh, the, the non-fun stuff, the non-fun <laughs> stuff, taxes and inventory and ordering materials and, and, you know, sketching and planning. But, um, But the jewelry, you know, I, I've been really trying to remind myself that this is, it's okay to prioritize making jewelry. It's okay to, um, and, and just trying to remember as I grow my business, hopefully, um, that that's an important role for me and I need to make sure I'm still in that role and I don't yeah. grow out of that role. Well, you, you were showing the other day like this shell that you were doing on a wax and it was so oh, stunning. Thank you. Like I had somebody said that to me and be like, Oh my God. <laughs> well, and I, I want, been wanting to expand my shell collection. Yeah. Um, and, um, I don't know, this is just an idea. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but I really want to do the ladies as hermit crabs. So the shells with like little ladies hidden inside. Oh, so they're, they're kind of built their little house out of their shells. And so, um, we'll see. I love that. Yeah. I think they're gonna see that those ladies have so much personality. They do, and they can mean any number of things. They can be Medusa. Mm -hmm. They can be uh, any you know any. They can be Diana, the goddess. They could be um, Athena, and they could also just be a very peaceful woman. And it can be yourself. At peace with herself. It, it can, yeah, it can. It can represent so many things. Yeah, you know, like mine is, is like it, mine is represents you. So you Aww. know. <laughs> so what does that mean? 
oh i love it it's just like you know it's like my little friend you know like yeah. she, she comes to me and like she's your I little wear friend. It. you're never yeah. alone yeah she's never there alone with you. She's i there have with... mine i wear exactly day. yeah you have three right now i do well one of them's technically not mine yet but it might be mine Ooh. i've been wearing two and then the other day i put a third one on and i was like she might not be coming off <laughs> i love that so how where do you see yourself going like in like two years a year tomorrow <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> no i i i want to grow i want to um yeah i want to grow and and reach more people i'd love to one day have a storefront that i can um because something that i do miss you know I, i do i'm trying to do a little bit more um interactions with real people instead yeah. of just my dog um which which we have to, we haven't uh we haven't even talked about Beryl. Even talk about he's Beryl. sitting on my lap right now but <laughs> um i i miss interacting with humans and, and i miss seeing people wear my jewelry trying mm. it on and even if you know whenever i have shows people will sometimes be like oh i can't i can't buy it and i'm like i don't care just try it on because that's just as important i need to see what people gravitate toward i need to see what it looks like i know i need to know what it feels like on people who aren't me yeah and so and i love to see people's faces light up if they really like it and, and that they get to try it on even if they're not going to walk away with it. Yeah. And so I miss and, and I miss hearing people's stories. People will tell me, "Oh, this reminds me of this time or or this um this stone it reminds me of this or this is why I'm drawn to this." And people tell me their stories and some of them are really beautiful. Some of them are very sad and Um, just being able to sort of um, see the reaction of people instead of just having something ordered on the website is yeah. is really important and it's something that during COVID I've really missed. Yeah, I, I love I love to have those one-on-one -on -one moments with people. I, I it's like it's when I buy from artists sometimes it's just like you know everything is like online interaction here or there. But mm -hmm. I, I love to see you know like it's like some some people they're just like they just want to. They just want to see my face when I open it, so they yeah. get excited. <laughs> it's like it's it's very, like that human interaction, and I feel like we've lost it a lot doing online business, which yeah. is like a, a gift and a curse because you don't get to hear the story, like see the people and hear them firsthand. You get like stories on an email, yeah, and doesn't have the same passion, yeah. Which is it's still very special, but you know we've we've had. Um, Yeah, it, it is very special to have it over email too. But it's, yeah, like you said, it's just very different being in the presence of people yeah. and talking about it. I, I think it's beautiful. Uh, well, I really, I really love talking to you. And, you know, we've been talking for a while, but I have like a few compulsory okay. questions that I want to uh -oh. yeah, <laughs> um, go over with you. Um, what's your favorite gemstone? Turquoise. Turquoise. What's, what's about turquoise that you love? I love turquoise i love the color i love the stone i love what you could do with turquoise i can carve turquoise i can scrimshaw turquoise i can set it in prongs i can make it into an engagement ring i can make it into a big pair of funky earrings um i think everyone looks good in turquoise i think it is the most universally um uh it just looks good on everyone flattering universally flattering color she is stone. wearing a, a turquoise I, i am wearing turquoise, turquoise right now right now <laughs> yeah i'm not wearing my ear normally i'm even wearing earrings like all of my jewelry is turquoise um and i think it took me a little while to convince people of this because people are always like oh turquoise is such a bold color 
But I'm like, but it looks good on everyone. And it's good in the winter. It's good in the summer. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. And it looks good with dark hair and light hair. And it doesn't matter who you are. It's going to like, it's going to bring out something really nice in you. I love that. I love that. Um, What's your favorite technique or tool? Um... I, I do love finishing. I know that sounds so boring, but I love the finishing, like the sanding, and it's just very cathartic for me. I also love stringing pearls. It's also very cathartic for me. Oh, but it's, it's very meditating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's great. Uh, who's your favorite artist? That would be a toss-up between Ted Muling and mm. um, who is the reason I started making jewelry. Really? Yeah. I used to walk down. There's a store called Patina, which was, was I think she just mm. sold it. It was owned by Carol, his sister. And I would walk down and I would just look look in the cases. And she would say, do you want to try it on? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I just, I'll look. <laughs> um, and so that really informed also my, my aesthetic, I think. And then um, Gustav Klimt. Mm. I think he paints like a jeweler. There's uh, somebody told me that there's like one of those light yeah. shows. Yeah, I want to go see that. Yeah, I, I love his gold collections. Like the way that he uses gold leaves yes. is so beautiful. And that's why I think he paints like a jeweler because he has these kind of 2D, two-dimensional like patterns and the gold and the metallics. And then he has these really soft watercolor faces. Yeah. And that's really how um, I think... I think it really shows this sort of like the, this 2D and this um, 3D combination that's really interesting. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. Uh, what's your favorite thing to listen while you uh, work? Oh boy, uh, murder mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so cheesy, but it's, I think it's because my great aunt introduced me to like Law and Order when I was really little and it was like such a, like so something we did that was so special together because we didn't have TV growing up. And, um, yeah, I'm not, I am a little bit ashamed, but I listen to a lot of like murder mystery podcasts and true crime and some non, you know, some fiction. Uh, hey, you know what? To it's, each their own. Hey, I, I, I've listened to it uh, too. You know, I, I, I have sure. my, my own share of that. Uh, I'm going to interject a compulsory question that I have never, can you, um, tell me about your HR manager, oh, yes. Beryl? My, um, probably the most important part of my business is exactly. my HR for the basically one person who works for me, two people, <laughs> two or three people who work for me. Um, and that's my dog. Um, and he is sitting on my lap right now and probably kind of bored. Um, but he is my favorite human in the world. <laughs> he does have a lot of personality. He and, is so sassy. And, I, and I'm going to say he is one of my favorite dogs out there. He's my favorite. Yeah, it's like well, I I have to say one because if no, I'll, I'll, you you can't you I can't, can't, I you can't, can't say your favorite. I cannot no. pick favorite. No, of course it's not. So hard, but he is definitely on my top top two favorite yes. dogs. He's yeah. very judgmental. <laughs> Pretty much all day, he's just staring at me with judgmental eyes. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I know, but he also has puppy eyes. So oh yeah, yeah. well, and then there's food involved, and then it's puppy eyes. Exactly. So mm -hmm. you know, he has a lot of personality. Yes. I, I, we love Beryl. Like anybody that follows you knows Beryl. Yes. I post <laughs> a lot of pictures of him glaring at me or like he, if someone else comes over, he'll sit on their lap and put his paw on their knee and then look at me like, see mother, see, <laughs> are you jealous? <laughs> this is what true love looks like. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's see. Let's see if he later will. He'll probably do that. Yeah. I bet he'll do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Do you have any advice for future jewelry artists? Yeah, I think the most important thing you can do is to find, like, be, do something very unique. Don't try to compete with everyone else. Just find your voice. Do something that's different because then it's not even about competition. It's just you get to be who you are and you get to reach people in a new way. Yeah. So I think um, just be as unique as you can. I feel like a lot of people get so afraid of that. Yeah, it is. It's scary because it's it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. You have a, there's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, you're gonna make a lot of ugly things, and <laughs> but someone's gonna look at that and feel something. Yeah, and um, you know, there's there's room for everyone, and there's room for all ideas. I agree. The the that whole saying of a, a candle doesn't lose its fire by lighting another one mm-hmm. is such a. It's been like I heard it the other day by the amazing Jinx Monsoon, who's a drag queen that I love. Okay. Um, And she said that, and, and it just has stuck to me since I, I heard it, because it's, it's such a wonderful way of explaining that we'll, there's a room for everybody in this world. Yes. You know, it's just, you have to just be nice and good. And, I agree. You know. And I think that our industry, you'd think, would be very cutthroat, but I actually think, not, not our whole industry, but sort of where we're at in this artisan I, yes. um jewelry industry it's very uplifting and it's very supportive we've been trying i feel like this generation Mm -hmm. uh we've been trying and i i've I've tried i've been trying to work on that uh, and and i think i've seen a lot of people that were trying to show that we have to lift each other up instead of just i think that you literally do that you're doing that right now. Well, you do that with a thousand facets. You do that with the way that you promote people that you believe in. Oh, thank you. I think it is, it's just very important to show how creative people can be because I can post diamonds as, you know, forever and like something luxury and something that costs a million dollars to make. But like, it's just those people that think outside the box Mm -hmm. that are doing everything most of you guys are doing either it's like one or two people shows and you're working in a vacuum in a on a on a bench and just not having too much time to be around in the world but it's you guys are the ones that are like really making the soulful pieces and pieces with a history and, and, a, and a voice and a, a love yeah. and it's, it's very it's, it's so inspiring to me to see so much creativity and like how can I not share that yeah I mean I look at the people that you're posting and I'm blown away I, I just, I want to know, and, and I know that's sort of why you started this podcast. Like, I want to know how their brain works. Like, how did they come up with that idea? It's brilliant. I know. And oh, me too. Like, trust I, me. <laughs> I can just so appreciate, um, I can so appreciate that in, in other designers. And I think that's, that's good to feel that way. Yeah. They, that is 100%. You're right. 100%. Hannah, you're a delight. Oh, thank I you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for for having me on here of course you know you have you're you're part of my crew and oh, you know, I love you. <laughs> I love I'm grateful you 
I'm very grateful to you and thank you. And Beryl, do you want to say something? No. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he has right. nothing to say. To <laughs> Look at that face. Oh my gosh. Sassy, yeah. I told he, you. He's 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 being he's been giving us that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank you. you know, thank, uh, have a great rest of the day. We're gonna have pizza now. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm very excited. Okay. <laughs> You can find Hannah Blount on Instagram at Jewelry, or visit her website, hannahblount.com. A Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. But there's no place like